Hello, this is Bill Lytell, pastor of Gospel Baptist Church in Manita Springs. Here's some wisdom for your walk. The Bible says in Numbers 32.23, and you can remember that by 32.23, if you you have trouble with number, 32.23 reverses 32.23. If you take 32 and reverses 23, so there you go, Numbers 32.23. A little phrase in that, Moses is warning people of God, be sure your sin will find you out. There's a principle taught from one end of the Bible to the other of the penalty for sin. I, I, say, I say it this way. Years ago, they came up with a medicine for colds called contact. Now, some of you may not be old enough to remember that. But in that capsule, there were little these little round circles, maybe a hundred of them. And they were called little tiny time capsules is what they call them. And each, each circle released medicine at a different time. So when you took the medicine, some of them immediately released the medicine to you. Some of them maybe an hour later. Others may five hours and, and up to 12 hours. So it was the first time in history that it actually was a 12-hour medicine that you could take at one time by these little tiny time capsules that released. Uh, I, I preach oftentimes about trying to describe sin to people. Sin is similar to that. In, and I say it this way. It's encapsulated in every sin is the punishment of it. In other words, when you take... When you, when you participate in a sin, it's sweet, uh, almost like Krispy Kreme, hot off the racks, beautiful, ooh, stolen water, sweet, the Bible said. But the, the problem is the end thereof are the ways of death. In other words, you take that capsule of sin, you enjoy it, you swallow it, you think it's over. But the problem is that there are punishments uh in, in incorporated in the sin itself. And in essence, you have punished yourself. You swallowed the particular thing that was wrong to do, done it, and then you think you're over it. But no, every sin, even for born-again believers, uh, every sin encapsulated in it has certain consequences this side of heaven. Now, the other side of heaven, God under the blood, this side of heaven, he's forgiven us, but we're still subject to the rules of the life we live. And so we see that <clears throat> sin is a very invasive, corrosive, and long-lasting process um, in, in the uh, situation of, of this world. I just want to tell you an illustration of this. Oh, by the way, another verse I want to give you, Proverbs 5.22. Uh, it says, uh, His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his own of his sins. And there again is just another backup verse of, of the principle of being sin. Be sure your sin will find you out. Which is where? Number 32.23. You can remember that. 32 reverse is 23. 3223 of numbers. Be sure your sin will find you out. Boy, you need to remember that. I need to remember that. Just before you reach out there and participate in something that's wrong, remember there's consequences. And by the way, there's consequences for doing right too, but that's a whole other thing. 
The reward of righteousness is great. Encapsulated in every good thing that God asks you to do are the rewards of it also. But there's an illustration I want to give. Is there's a, I was at my office uh, at the church, and one day got, my secretary came back and says, there's a lady here that seems very upset. She'd like to see you. And I said, sure. I went. She came back into my office, and uh, I have cameras in my office for protection and all this. We shut the door. Um, <clears throat> no volume, no, no sound, but I do have cameras. And secretaries monitor those things, so we're above reproach. So this lady came, and she was, as soon as she sat down, she began to weep. Now, there's a difference between crying and weeping. This girl wept, and she was maybe a, a woman of 50 years old. She began to weep. She, I could tell by her dress that she was a Christian. Now, you, you can argue with me about that, but she definitely had a modest aura about her, a modest apparel, as well as an aura of, of spirit. She cried and cried and dried her eyes up, took some Kleenex, dried her eyes up, and I said, oh, ma'am, what's wrong? She says, well, I'm a, I just got off the mission field. I've been on the mission field for 10 years with my husband. My husband and I went to the mission, missions, felt God called us down in South America, and we had a tremendous successful, tremendously successful uh, church, uh, Bible Institute uh, work in South America. And she named the country. She says, we were there doing well. We have six children, a healthy, family's good, everything's good. We just, you know, we just couldn't believe how God was blessing us down there. And then I received a, we received a letter from our mission board that we were to leave the mission field and immediately come home, that we were no longer commissioned by them. And they, they requested us to leave the mission field, gather all of our stuff, sell whatever we had to sell, and come home because they were, we were no longer backed by them or supported by them. Obviously, this was a shock out of nowhere. What had happened, she said, was my, my husband was a youth pastor at our home church prior to us being called to go to the mission field. And evidently, uh, there was a girl in the youth group that had just recently, 10 years later now, recently gone to her pastor and said that she had to confess something to him that had happened 10 years earlier that just was not leaving her alone and was tormenting her soul, and that she needed to confess it and get it over with and be done with it. And and the pastor, of course, uh, said, sure. Well, and she, she confessed that she had had sexual relations uh, with a particular individual, and that this individual was a married man, in fact, was indeed the youth pastor of the church 10, ten years ago, and now was on the mission field. You probably already understand that this happened to be this woman's husband. He had had uh, sexual relations with her, this girl when she was 16 years old uh, in the youth group. Now, he had uh, evidently, I mean, according to her, it happened one time. He asked the girl to forgive him for doing it, said it was wrong to do, but asked her to be quiet about it, not to ruin his marriage. And, and they would just go on from there, you know, just go both go their separate ways. And he asked forgiveness, said it was wrong. And he thought that was it. 
Remember Numbers 32:23. For sure, your sin will find you out. The problem was you can't sin like that and, and cover it up. It needs to be confessed. But not just confessed to each other. Confessed to the man needed to go to his wife and confessed to her that he had sinned and done wickedly and consequently had betrayed their vows and trust. And he needed to secure forgiveness from her and then bring her into his confidence because husbands and wives, if they do anything, they have a sacred confidence in each other. And so he thought it was buried. He thought it was gone. He took the pill. The tiny time capsules began to go and work. Little did he imagine 10 years later, this cover-up would blow up. And his mission board got a letter from the pastor uh, that this accusation had been leveled at him. He did admit to it when it was confronted that he had had this one-time relationship with this girl. At 16 years old, of course, having sexual relations with a minor, pedophile problem, and all this other stuff. So he admitted it when the wife uh, confronted him in, in the, on the mission field in South America that he had had this relationship, and she was aghast that he did not share that with her, that he did not come to her and tell her about it so that they could have gotten right about it then and taken whatever consequences were dished out to him at that moment. You know, losing, I'm sure he'd have probably lost his job as a youth pastor there, been shame, obviously shame publicly as a Christian for falling like that. It may have even been prosecuted illegally because of the girl's dad, that 16-year-old girl entrusted with a youth director. But he didn't. He thought it was just to per- just try to quiet it down, smother it up, shove it under the carpet, whatever you want to call it. And it'd go away. But sin don't have a characteristic like that. Sin has a characteristic coming out and biting you. Uh, the skeleton you have in your closet will come out at the worst possible time in your life if you don't kill it. you got to try to kill it by the grace of God as much as possible and get right with everybody involved in it. So the woman began to cry again. She says, Pastor, what do I do? What do I do? We're back here in the United States. Uh, we're down here in Fort Myers. Um, I can't even stand to touch my husband anymore. We have six children. I don't even want to touch him. I don't want to have any kind of relationships with him. He betrayed me uh, for 10 long years. He, he knew this was he, was, was he had done wrong, and he didn't trust, trust me or inform me about it. He broke in our vows, and I'm struggling. Well, of course, the pastor, I went over the whole, all the verses on forgiveness forgiving those around us. Uh, we should forgive. Man, oh man, how much have we been forgiven? So forgive him as much as you've been forgiven. We went over all that. I could tell she got better, and she understood the Bible. We're talking about somebody who knew the Bible. They understood about forgiveness. But you know, um, the consequences of this kind of stuff are big. Uh, she struggled, even though she got right at that day, and, and, and maybe it, I saw her one other time. She never really was able or would, I guess, shake it off. The bottom line was they ended up divorcing. Uh, divorcing with six children. And adding to the sin that he had done 10 years earlier, now they added the sin of divorce, which even further 
uh, sowed seeds of consequences throughout their children, six children. And who knows, mom and dad on each side, family on each side. Man, think of the, think how that went out through both sides of the family. Uh, here he was a godly man, a man that loved God according to the family, you know, reputation-wise, and now all of a sudden he was a liar, a betrayer, a deceiver, and now they were divorced. <clears throat> so she entered in on some of the problem. It affected her. So look at look at what I'm going back to the original verse. Be sure your sin will find you out. Proverbs 5.22, you're held by the cords of your own sin. Folks, I can't tell you enough the warnings in the Bible of sin. Stay away from it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. The consequences will not be taken away on this side of heaven. David said, my sin is ever before me. His whole family was messed up because of that one night with Bathsheba and then killing Uriah. Look at what happened to David and so many others because they had to have it. It was now. It was pleasure for the moment. Instant gratification. Oh, dear one. All I can tell you is be sure. Be sure. Your sin will find you out. Wisdom for your walk. Bill Lytell.